Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Good evening. Jay Cross. Hi, Mark. Hi, Joe. That was very loud. And Joe Branton. Farewell. Hi, Matt. Go adjust your levels. You're never this loud. The first... Jay's Jay's excited because he's up past his bedtime. The first loud is the loudest. This is a late night podcast. I was going to say, this is either going to go one of two ways. Um, So we're... Sorry, sorry, there was was some fluff on my mic and I blew it to try and get rid of it, forgetting that it's a mic. Yeah, 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 that would uh, would make that noise. Apologies. Good. Um, So yeah, it's going to go one of two ways. I think I know which one of these two ways it's going to go. So this is either going to be probably the worst podcast we've ever done or Uh one of the greatest. I think it's potentially the latter. Um, I'm not sure about the vibes yet. We'll see. But yeah, we're recording a lot later than we normally do. So apologies if, if this has gone up late. I'm going to try and... I'm, I was going to say I'll try and get it up in the morning, but... Um... <laughs> we all know that that doesn't happen. The thing is, though, Mark, the thing that you've got to sort of bear in mind is that it's only half past nine, which isn't actually that it's late way past my bedtime. for anybody other than I was, I was up at half past five this morning. I'm very tired. So, I mean, yeah, I was up at half six. Um, so, yeah, I'm also a bit tired. I was up at half seven. What time did you get up today, Joe? Uh, I got up at 8.45 and phoned, um, <laughs> phoned the in staff sick. in my office and told them to sign me in uh, and I'd give them an extra holiday day. And then I turned up an hour late and uh, sat at my desk. Don't your employers listen to this? Oh, Good. Um, so, uh, yes. So, uh, yeah, this is the latest we've recorded a podcast for a long time. Um, it's half nine. Yeah. I'll- and we're feeling fine, everybody. Yeah. Ladies and germs. Uh, we'll see. If I um, drop off or start speaking incoherently halfway through the podcast, um, one of you take over. I'm sure everything will be fine. Branton, you're known for a man of uh, your reserve and um, cool-headedness. Um, you if, better believe it. If I fall asleep, uh, you're in charge. I will be on what? it. How? How? After after all these years, you put Joe in charge. What? That is, no, that is, what? Why, I mean, why is he, why is he second in clearly I'm the, Clearly, I'm the obvious choice to keep things together. No, you're too, um, you're, you're too zany. You're the zany oh, You're the zany no, you're, you're the zany you're, Well, you're too off-topic. I would say, Jay, you're zany, but Joe's quirky. I, okay, as long as I'm not quirky. Wait, uh, so right. who, who does... Wrestling team. Where does that... Where does that yeah. see, I, see, I would say that you... Are you... You're the Kirk. Joe, okay. But Joe's more of a Riker. It, 
More than a Matt's in engineering. No, I think if we're going to do this, we can only go for captains. So captains. Yeah. Can I be Pike? <laughs> yeah, you definitely. Are. You can be Pike. Yes. Um, yeah. Who would we all be? Pike. I'd like to think. Wait, can I take Janeway? Yeah, you can take Janeway. Jane, yes. Janeway's great. Um, they're all great. The captains are all great. Um, I'm I, definitely Kirk if we're doing captains. Actually, really, you're the yeah, most. But you're, but you're Chris you're, Pine. You're Chris. Yeah, Pine you're Chris Kirk. Pine Kirk. Oh, right, you're, yeah. You're you're Kirk from the the alternate universe where he's just like a little bit. I think Matt Matt is Cisco. I want to be Cisco. I think Matt Cisco. What, what? No, you're that, Janeway, the, the rapper. Yeah, yeah, Cisco. You're Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, was that the thong song? Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, Matt Knight, the thong song. Um, so uh, yeah, if you've not listened before, uh, this is a podcast about guitars and stuff. Um, but oh, I was going to relate it to guitars. I've only ever watched one clip of Star Trek, and that's the one with Tom Morello in it. Oh really yeah! Random. Oh god! I thought you were going to say the one where Data plays the lute when he's dressed in the uh, sort of Shakespearean garb. There is. It, it's worth tracking down actually for people who aren't into Star Trek that Tom Morello did do a cameo in Star Trek Voyager, and it's like it's really really weird. If like because I remember watching it and not knowing who Tom Morello was, and what? it's it's this really weird or not realizing it was Tom Morello, and there's this really weird like like. It focuses, where, like, it focuses on him a bit too a much. Bit, considering he's like he's never been in the show before. It's yeah. just Janeway walking down walking down a corridor. And then like this guy just stops and goes like, Captain on the deck! And stands to attention. And she stops and goes, at ease. And he goes, thank you. And then that's it. But like it focuses on him for like just too long for it to be comfortable. <laughs> I don't like that when they do that. Like uh, celebrity cameos, but then they make a big thing of it. Like if yeah. they were just in there somewhere you'd be like oh that's cool yeah yeah it's weird but like yeah. in Game of Thrones when uh, oh, what careful. was the band what was the band that Sigur Ross no 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 the the big band in the fight was it Mastodon oh yeah yeah Mastodon were in it it's yeah. like in uh, is it Harry Potter and it's Johnny Greenwood and what's the guy's name from Hulk they, they play the Jarvis band Cocker. the high school band don't yeah, they yeah yeah that's right yeah they're and, like the uh, high school band and, at one and point and NSYNC are in Star Wars are they yeah, in the uh, second one, they what, Empire Strikes Back. No, no, yeah, no, no, no that's they the were fifth. Big, big. Oh no, I mean, I love that yeah, year. No, that's the fifth one, you idiot. <laughs> when NSYNC had their 1980 number one single, um, <laughs> stuck in Cloud City with you. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were they were um, Jedi's who were uh, who were killed in the arena. You are Samuel definitely Jackson. making this no, up. No, 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 that's true. Um, because um, oh, that's the worst bit of that. Uh, George George Lucas's uh, granddaughter was a massive fan, and right. so he got them in for the for the. Do you know what's a rubbish movie? Yeah. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Awful. I think it's worse than Phantom Menace. We need to bring this, no, bring this back round. It's not. I think it's worse than Phantom it's Menace. It's not worse than Phantom Menace. Anyway, um, Sigur Ross were in Game of Thrones, by the way. I they was were. trying to think of more bands appearing in films. The only thing I could think was Steve Vai in Crossroads. Yeah. yeah. What? Flea in uh, The Chase, starring oh, and Back to the um, Charlie Sheen yeah. and, Charlie and, and uh, Henry Rollins is in yeah, that yeah, as well. Henry Rollins is, yeah, is, Flea's in Back to the Future, turn three. Um, I think... Uh, um, Oscar the yeah. punk band. I was reading about that today I was on Oscar's Wikipedia page why are we on that uh, I just seeing what Devin Williams is up to now guitarist. I had a couple of Devin Williams records yeah. that he did afterwards they weren't, they weren't great which was a shame so this podcast is definitely going this way then isn't it yeah yeah, it's okay. definitely going this can way can we bring it back round to stuff yeah. that I'm interested in How can we bring it back round to Star Trek yeah yeah we'll just do the all Star Trek guitar Steve, nerds podcast Stephen Hawking is the only person to play him to play themselves 
in an episode of Star Trek. Really? Yep. How did they put that into storyline? Um, Data <laughs> is playing... Uh, the loot poker <laughs> I think I think Data is playing poker against some of the world's uh, the, like the his, history's smartest greatest fellas. minds smartest fellas yeah uh, so he's playing against um, I think it's Galileo Einstein and Stephen Hawking and they actually got Stephen Hawking that's in the pretty cool it was did they cool. get the other ones Galileo and that no Joe Come on, it's Star Trek. It's not Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to think what would Mozart play on the piano. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, that's 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 another band who was in a film. Mozart, but played himself. Yeah, yeah, of course. I yeah, think yeah. he did. I think. Definitely. I think I read that somewhere. Um, well, Keanu Reeves. Oh no, what was the band Keanu Reeves in? Dog Star. Dog Star. Yeah. Terrible. Bloody awful. Man, I. What have you been up to this week? Uh, I came down to Brighton. Yes, you did. Drunk myself into oblivion on Saturday night. Good. <laughs> and then went to watch um, some music with Joe Branton. You uh, and had a band rehearsal. I, I reckon all the things. Least likely of the two guitar nerds to hang out. What are you talking you about? Know, the three you think... of us were, were hanging out. Four of us. All four. No, no, no. Three. Well, no, the night before when we all got drunk. It That's was true. just you that didn't hang out with us because you were watching Eurovision. Yeah, I had to do my Eurovision. That was music tune. related. Yeah, yeah, I watched Eurovision. There, uh, there, was, the, there was the pedal board made of um, cake. Someone, Someone had, had. a uh, Telemaster a on Na- there. Nash Telemaster. Nash Telemaster, yeah. That's cool. On, live on Eurovision. That was awesome. So, but Did you see the fake pedal board? There was a thing going around on, on no, loads of Facebook No, I didn't know there was one. Because one the, the, no one was plugged in, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah, someone had a fake pedal board, but, like, not just a pedal board not plugged in. The, the pedals looked like they were made out of Play-Doh. But really? they were based on real pedals. <laughs> I need to check this out. As a bit of a kind of Eurovision fan and obviously a fan of pedal boards, I want to see this hilarious crossover. I'm up for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you um, two are hanging out in a why, sort of... Why are we the, why the, the least likely? We're I the only know. two that are interested in gear. Because, because um, it's it, like the two because people Joe, who like you're, music and the two people who like punk. Because, no, Joe, it, you're, you're the least uh, likeable out of the four <laughs> of us. And Matt, like, if he has to come down to Brighton, what, doesn't want to spend time with you by himself. Right. I just think, would you, can you imagine a situation where Leonardo and Raphael <laughs> hang out? <laughs> Probably not. Wait, who does... Well, no, I'm just saying those are the two least likely turtles to hang out are together. Are they? Oh, yeah, Raphael's all moody and loner and that. Don Donatello and Leonardo, yes. Michelangelo can hang out with anyone, obviously. He's a party dude. Yeah, he's a party dude. Um, and uh, but yeah, Leo and Raph. What did you get up to? Uh, so me and Joe went to the Lou Reed drones uh, exhibit installation. Installation. Insta- yeah. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Brighton. Yeah. Sorry. And yeah. it was absolutely mind blowing. Oh man, I'm so disappointed. So good. Come. I'm so I'm so sorry to like kind of like because Jay really wanted to go and didn't get a chance to go, but yeah, it was um, like I didn't know what to expect, and then like when we got to the doorway and they were like, "Oh, you really should. We recommend that you put earplugs in," and uh, we walked in and it was like so unbelievably loud so then, ex- explain the format to the listener of, of what Lou Reed yeah, Drones so is Lou, Lou Reed Drones is basically Lou Reed's guitar tech uh, with seven of his amps and seven of his guitars all feeding back in unison um and but it's, he's it's basically m- manipulating the amps in real time and it's it's actually much less pretentious than that 
that makes it sound. I, it was, I didn't realise that there was someone actually controlling it. I thought they would just well, let up and things would happen. I think they would happen. be either. No, but the, the thing was <clears> is that, yeah, it's his tech and he, yeah, they were doing it for five days for five hours at a time. And we actually spoke to one of the guys who was like the stage manager i suppose or he's like monitoring the sound at one point and he's like yeah he'd been doing it for three days and he just like doesn't say a word just literally stands on stage at 12 o'clock turns all the amps on and then that's it he stands there for five hours and right in front of it. them like we, we'll upload some pictures i was actually going to do a little bit for the um for the guitar nerds website uh on on the event so people could read about it but i'll upload some pictures as well because it's it's mental you know like, you can do yeah. both you can upload pictures to the website oh god yeah yes yes i know yeah but um, um, but yeah, he he like tuned like the guitars to different tunings, had capos on different frets, so they weren't all just like to the same tuning. So they like they all gave off like different harmonics, and he was turning different amps on and off onto different channels. And he was um, doing things like EQ sweeps well, and so. stuff as well. To, yeah. To, to... So it was kind of like using the amplifier, like playing the amplifier like an instrument almost. But then the, all of the cabs were mic'd up from the back. Which yeah, on the back of the cone. Kind of weird, but I'm assuming it's just pick up the air from the speaker and then uh, fed through a PA system. So it was like super loud. The uh, the loops that were being created from the from just the harmonics and the sheer amount of feedback was so in, just sonically incredible. Oh man! Was there any actual like looping going on, or no, was it just that the but, amps were? But the feedback creates that. Yeah, so yeah. It would it would grab the feedback itself would grab <laughs> hold of a slight sort of and it would like just loop that mm-hmm. and so, and and you just hear things oscillating naturally and yeah. interacting yeah. with each other. It was just I didn't know that like sound could do you that. Could, it was, was the most you ultimate work experience out what of a was sound wave. From where. No, no. You couldn't work out. And then when you stood directly in front of it, so you were standing in it was like in a like a semicircle and if you stood directly in front of it you could feel the air and the force of the speakers like actually on you like you could feel how much volume there was how that guy did it for five hours well, a day the, with no earplugs the stage hand like, sta- no no earplugs the stage hand was saying he's he's pretty much deaf but uh Crikey. <laughs> yeah. um yeah he's been his tech for years apparently but yeah he um yeah it was just it was just a weird if, weird experience if you closed your eyes it, it, it sounds incredibly pretentious again but it you, really you could it took you to a whole other realm of Plain hearing of existence. things well you really could hear sort of so much more and everything yeah. sounded so three dimensional just because it was it was it was shaking your rib cage yeah. and it was it was just everywhere it was all encompassing and then um, after that I went and listened to the Lou Reed amp album uh, Transformer, which I think was his second record. I'd never really listened to him, and actually, I was like, "Oh, he's actually really, really good." Yeah, I, I kind of. And then I listened to Metal Machine music and was like, "This record is actually really good." I really um, like Metal Machine music, like, and I was going to ask, was do you think that's kind of the influence? That was the inspiration for yeah. this for this exhibition. Do you know the, I think so. The weirdest part of uh, of the installation was actually his choice of well, amps partially, but. And guitars. So you, what was okay. what was going on? Yeah. So his that's the thing, isn't it? What would you think, Lou Reed, as a musician? What what sort of guitars are you expecting to see? Bear in mind, the idea of this is, I guess, sort of you know, 
feedback he sustained as if a guitar makes a difference when you're doing this but what sort of things well, I mean so on the cover of Transformer he's got some sort of like 335 or something uh-huh. like a, so that's a hollow body yeah. Yeah, like that would probably shake itself to bits yeah yeah that's true yeah I mean I was I was expecting I like a telly or yeah. yeah like a telly or a 335 or something like that so try this then Steinberger Oh right. yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there was a one headless of the modern ones stuff. as well. Yeah, yeah. Definitely one of the modern ones. Yeah. The movable capo. Yeah. I knew that actually. That he—that's what um, he had moved to. I did not. And um, sir, really? Oh, not just next. any sir. Not no, just no. any sir. They were pencil sirs, which were the first sirs. They were the ones that it was um, John Sir and I can't remember the other guy. Someone pencil. I can't remember his name. And they built all the early sirs before he went off and did as a separate company um but yeah they were they were cool they were like like the one was like a there was one natural telly strat style. that was like yeah there was one there was, yeah, it was like a telly style one but one of the strats was like curly maple but it was like imagine having flame maple was like the bodywood so you had flame going from like obviously the front all the way to the back oh wow with like a solid rosewood neck there were like two fenders as behind. well yeah there were two fender strats again with solid rosewood necks were they? How were they positioned? Were they positioned like lent up against the amps? Yeah. Or were so they strings facing the right. Amps strings side. face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you couldn't. So really we just see. saw their back. Yeah. yeah. But but you could no, walk the whole way around, so we could see. They were. They had all the cases all the way around, so you could read what oh, was right. on. Oh right. Okay. Um, oh, wow. And he used. Um, I didn't realise he used Tone King uh, amps. So he had seven. Tone yeah, seven King Tone King amps, Galaxies, which is cool because yeah. they all look like. Uh, they all look like 50s TV sets in like yeah. funky Tolex colours. Um, and the tech kind of had them in a semicircle around him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. seven, all, all 112s as well. Yeah, all know. 112s. And then the only downside was the lady with the singing bowl who occasionally decided to hit it. Okay, and so that could, was... And, and believe it or not, you could actually hear that this woman over, hitting a singing bowl like over seven amps feeding Mate, back. So, so that's the thing. The other side of this installation is unfortunately... Well, unfortunately, as far as we're concerned, because we were there for the sonic experience of hearing that amazing thing and also to look at the gear. Unfortunately, they'd marketed this as being an interactive thing. So they'd encourage people to come down and use it as something to interact with oh, right, which okay. of course caused a massive i don't use the word offensively a massive hippie um sort of vibe sounds like you're within. using the word I, yeah. not at all but um but it just meant people wandering around the stage with yeah these tibetan these, singing bowls yeah i like tibetan with singing, singing bowls. bowls i think they're cool yeah. these are like and, and they're a lot of a lot of like um, yoga in circles going on in front of the thing, and like me and Matt are trying to like look at the gear, and there's just this group of people humming and and sort of moving their arms around, and we were like, "Excuse oh, get, me, get wavy gravy, I need to go look at the guitar amps yeah. being used." Yeah. Like, <laughs> you you wait, there's somewhere in Brighton going on right now. There's the, there's the Yoga Nerds podcast, and they're like, "We were trying to get, we were we were trying to centre ourselves, and these three nerds." just kept getting in our way asking to have a look at the guitars that's what's going was, on somewhere it was weird though when one guy pulled out a 12 string and was strumming it in front of the stage it's like dude <laughs> no, no one can, can hear you, you. <laughs> the two guys who turned up the two guys who turned up with violins i thought was the best <laughs> as uh, if you could hear that start. over the top but um overall it was yeah it, it was very cool it was um 
absolutely yeah. one of one a, an amazing experience something i'll always remember i think that was uh, yeah. and, and they're taking it on tour so uh, i thoroughly recommend looking up uh, Lou Reed drones and seeing if it's coming somewhere near you because it is um, That's yeah, absolutely cool. remarkable. Presumably they'll be playing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's set like the Barbican or something in London. Yeah, I I I really want to go. I'm really disappointed that I couldn't go. Like the timing was just totally off for me. So it was it was annoying because it was running. I think it ran Friday Two, through yeah. till Tuesday. Yeah, which is awkward. but it only ran Two until five, which yeah. is such an irritating well, time because it's like you, you couldn't go if it was you know during during work or whatever. But um, if they're doing it in London, I I will really make a, a proper effort to go because I'd, I'd love to see it. Yeah. I um, When you guys were first talking about it, I thought, mm, that sounds pretentious. Uh, it sounds a bit rubbish. Yeah. Then you said, told, told me about it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds wicked. And then now you've just told me about the people playing, singing drums and doing yoga back out. Uh, if they well, kept that bit out of it, the, the, I would have been there. Just, look, I mean, to be honest, you could go to a performance and those people could not turn up. Um, for, for what it's worth, they were have, occasional. Have, can we guarantee that? This no, it's not. <laughs> but most of the time, they weren't going. To be honest, the reason me and Matt did decide to leave is because a group of eight or ten of them turned up with like a cymbal and a little snare and a 12 oh, string and two violins and started I was, wandering I was around. amazed that you could hear the snare over it. Yeah, me too, like, actually. It was, it was like, really that loud. Yeah, which is what I found annoying because we were sort of, like I could put up with the yoga people there, you know, it was like, it, it was annoying because they were in front of the amps and I was trying to have a look at yeah, the gear, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it wasn't the end of the world. I was shutting my eyes and listening to the incredible music. Yeah. But, but when uh, at one point me and Matt had walked around the back, so we were looking at the back of the amplifiers, which was really interesting because you could kind of see the guy from the front, so you could see more what he was doing. And we were sort of standing around the back, watching from there. And this woman just carrying a cymbal and hitting it sort of comes up, stands in between us, and like starts hitting the cymbal like right when we're obviously like just trying to watch the gear we've moved away from where they are <laughs> she just came over with was, a symbol was she sort of trying in our to ear get and then you, walked off again was she just trying to get you involved or something no or I like... think she was being very spiritual I think that was it. a shame that was a shame but I do also think that that's something that was probably going to be exclusive to the Brighton performance are you going to write up a little review yes yes I will do do, do what you've just said put that on the site I will and make sure you slag off the uh, yoga people. I did actually. They, uh... I mentioned it on Twitter just to, you know to sort of be aware to to the group that I, th- I did think, and I don't think there was anyone in there other than the people performing who <laughs> who thought that the people performing was a good idea. Right. Like every, <laughs> everyone else was there for Lou Reed drones. No one was there to see some people you know smacking a symbol because they felt spiritual about Mate, some amps on just feedback just mode. remember that next time your rubbish band is supporting a band that people actually want to see <laughs> yeah no, no one wants you to be here just oh, just, polymath. Get, just get on with it mate just get on with it and then go and drink the rest of your free beer <laughs> like my band support bands jesus wow <laughs> wait i know oh, no, a... we do yeah, yeah, yeah i was gonna do. say <laughs> anything else matt knight anything else you've been doing this week uh, I also had a band practice and oh. I was so rusty it was unbelievable when you say rusty like, do you mean hungover I was also very hungover <laughs> um, no actually I was probably alright by the time we started I was probably just mm, I don't know you looked you looked like so pale that I, it looked like the 
colour was draining out of your beard. Like, we, we did <laughs> actually, really the, morning, the morning of the day that Matt had a band practice, we all had a meeting um, at Jay's house. And, and I made and, breakfast. Uh, you made breakfast for us all. And the meeting lasted maybe an hour, maybe more longer than it should have because Matt c- kept having to go to the bathroom to be sick. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was in a I was in a pretty bad way. Not as bad as my bank statement this morning. <laughs> bad times. Oh dear. Um, so this band but, practice, what what sort of thing was it? What gear were you using? Well, did I did I tell you that I was like, oh, I should probably take like my my main pedal board because you know I haven't really I haven't really had a chance to to use it. Turned up, couldn't lift it. Really? <laughs> it was it was so heavy. I was like. If I carry it in the bag that the pedal tra- the pedal train bag they supply, I was like, my shoulder will drop off. Sorry, so it's, not even not when it's in a hard case. Not well, even it's when not it's in a hard, hard case. case. No, it's just so in it's the a bag. soft case versions. Yeah, but the th- right, it was and you just can like, carry it. Which, which pedal train? The thing is, I had to carry it all the way to Guildford, then from, from Guildford all the way to, to Brighton. So I was like, I'm just not going to bother. Which so pedal train? I chucked train? a load of other random pedals in a bag and took that instead. Mate, what you should have done was you should have just taken it to um, like the train station at Guildford and then with a bike lock, just like chained it to the outside, taken it to the like the uh, the the bike lock station and just dropped it off there. No one would have lifted it. Just no, get it couriered. No, just, left it. <laughs> just get it couriered um, down. Yeah, well, I think the the thing is, it's basically yeah, the the bags that it's a shame actually because the bags that Pedal Train now provide, I don't think are as nice as the bags they used to provide. Well, they don't like, have they're not they don't have storage anymore. pockets anymore. They're just they're no, literally the bags themselves. Because it's just like a thin cotton strap on a piece of rubber. It just like after about two minutes, it's like cut into your shoulder. And I know Mono make replacement bags, but they're more than the... They're, they're they're too, they are bought. too expensive, those Mono ones, definitely yeah. for what they are. Um, uh, what, what pedal train So I'm just going to buy a trolley instead and just wheel yeah. it around on a trolley. What pedal train uh, is it, mate? Pedal Train Pro. Right, uh, Pro. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, so uh, what, what pedals did you throw in the bag? I took uh, the fuzz pedal that the person I had a jam with made for me. Uh, which was quite cool. Which had a it's got a harmon- harmonic percolator clone built into it. So I used that for basically the whole time. Plugged into an Orange AD30, turned up nearly full. Wow! And amazing. it just sounded amazing. Uh, and that was basically it, to be honest. I had the Dan Electro delay and the Ibanez Mini delay, and a wire pedal, and that was it. What sort of? I was, like, I was like, oh, maybe I don't need a load of pedals. What sort of stuff are you doing? Um, it was kind of a mixture between extremes of kind of Godspeed, so like really ambient stuff, and then kind of like Melvins, so like really heavy, doomy, down tuned. No, nice. it was great. Really that cool. sounds really interesting. So, yeah. So what are you calling it? I, think I, might, I haven't decided yet. Okay. Got a few names in the pipeline, but we're going to see what happens. Whilst, uh, um... No, go on. Sorry. No, I was going to say the guy that I was uh, rehearsing with is moving house and he has a uh, fairly young child so he doesn't have a lot of time to rehearse so it's always trying to find time to come down and do it whilst we're um mentioning pedal train a question for the listeners does anyone know why there is an extra bar in the novo series of pedal trains yeah it doesn't no it doesn't make sense matt it yeah, doesn't make sense it's for the mini pedals no 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 you you can't what no no it's not only if you have <laughs> only middle mini pedals on your on your lower row it doesn't make sense it's just an extra row 
it doesn't make sense. It, you can't have t- you can't have three tiers of pedals. It's not deep enough for that. But you, it's too deep for two tiers. It's the worst sizing surely, I've ever seen. Isn't it too like Boss compact size and then a mini pedal? No, mate. No, it's two close rows together at the bottom. Right. So that you can, so a mini pedal can be supported. Yeah. But then they have three yeah. rows above that. Now that's the problem because a full pedal, a full size pedal, only takes up two. So those two close rows will support a boss pedal or a mini pedal. What if you turn the mini pedal on its side? You could put it on its side and put it in the middle <coughs> row, but but that's not enough room to have cables either side of it with a pedal on the row below and the yeah. pedal on the row. You you can check this out on um, on that pedal train building site what is it called pedal pedal train pedal planner pedal planner that's it pedal, pedal board planner yeah pedal, pedal board planner. planner check it out there if anyone can actually make a novo pedal board work i mean let me know because i can see no reason to buy them there we go that's your task for this week in the facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum uh joe branton has challenged you he has laid down the gauntlet he has glove slapped you and said print screen me your actual working pedal boards in a novo format i want to see that definitely um jay cross oh yeah anything to report this week um i put on a gig this weekend okay um not a huge amount of uh excitement to report there one of the bands was playing a blues junior in a telecaster <laughs> that was the same night that uh, me and matt went yes to- which is why i couldn't come unfortunately um, but yeah, other than that, it was uh, unfortunately just another punk rock show where everybody used the same gear, um, JCMs and tellies and stuff. Yes, yeah, JCMs, tellies. Um, there was a couple of interesting um, Squire JVs. Okay, on display. nice. Uh, this band um, Caves, who I put on, um, they were both using. It was a JV. Uh, P bass and a JV Jaguar. I think. Oh, really? That's great. That did yeah. not exist. Jazzmaster did not exist. Strats and Tellies only. JVs. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. It was maybe it was like a Korean Jaguar or something. Could have been. It's been severely messed about. We've got a lot of time for this. Okay. Korean squares. I think they're uh, really good. Some of their very hit and miss. Really? I've I've owned some really good ones. My, yeah. The best strat I ever owned was a Korean yep. one. And I mean it cost me nothing and yeah. it was amazing. I actually think that there's far too much uh nostalgia on a lot of those um really? on a lot of those things. I think that mm, like for the money that you you would pay for a decent um like old Korean uh, Squire you will get a better guitar buying a uh, modern uh, yeah, classic, like a vibe. classic vibe yeah I would yeah. have thought that it was only because the, the strap that I had was like a faded candy apple um, and it's a vintage lacquered neck and it was it, it played like a classic vibe yeah and, absolutely. and it was 150 and, and, you know, quid you'll always there will always be I, I'm just saying, sort of in general. You yeah, know, okay, I, I think yeah. I think in general those. I, I just I know I bang on about it all the time, but those classic vibes I think are such great value for money. Like, I I don't I don't really like the Mexican standard stuff. No, no, I've I, never I, I've never been a huge fan of Mexican standard um, telecast Fender Mexican standard telecaster strats or like or any of the bases. I just think that like value for money they're not great. 
like you know I and I know you know when I was working in a guitar shop I used to have people just being like what are you talking about this is so much better than look that that one that one says Squire on it this one's much better and it's like but it's, listen yeah, to I it hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. But, you know, it's it's horses for courses, of course. But even at its price point, I mean, actually, since um, I, on on the weekend, I dropped Jay's guitars back to him, which have been at my house for months. I was going to say, that's something that happened this weekend. You finally got your guitars returned to you. I did, yeah, and I played them for a bit as well. Yeah, and and put a picture up on Instagram of them, on the Guitar Nerds Instagram. Uh, No, those were, uh, that's my old Les Paul. That's a really old picture. (laughs) Uh, I see. Yes, I noticed that, because it looks like it was taken about four iPhones ago. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, it was something like that, yeah, yeah. But um, because I'd given you your guitars back, I was like, oh, I, I kind of need... Uh, a guitar, a guitar <laughs> in so I was looking at stuff um, today at work and I was thinking I'm going through a real like Gibson phase at the moment but I was like oh, I, don't, I don't really want to spend the money on a Gibson so I was like oh, maybe I'll get an Epiphone it's just a kick around so I was like maybe I'll just get an Epiphone um, and I sort of AB'd a few things and realised sort of for you know value to the pound the classic vibe stuff is just so much better it's Uncomparable. No, no, Incompar- it, I like know. Epiphone is supposed to be a competitor of that, and I'm like, you're not. Like the even though I really wanted like a glued neck, like a a real sort of Gibson style thing. I was just the quality on the classic vibes is is to a professional standard, and yeah. and the Epiphones aren't for the best part. Get a, get a Gretsch, get a Streamline or something. That is, yeah, that is the the other one. Gretsch have got some interesting new stuff on the horizon. Oh really? Oh really? Yes. Are you allowed to talk about um, it? Or not? I, I don't think I should be specific to avoid okay. things. Well, but, let's not but talk some about it. Interesting stuff okay. on its way. You can tell me that, all right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll just pretend to turn <laughs> these microphones off. Good. No way! Pink sparkle. Unbelievable. Uh, I'd love it if there was Pink Sparkle Gretsch. I would probably buy one straight away. Um, Actually, I was looking at... Matt, you've probably had the same email um, through from Gibson. Oh, the true historic... Yeah. The historic select 54 Les Paul. I knew you'd know uh, about this. 
pink and blue pink sparkle and blue sparkle what uk historic select so they're only going to be yeah. over here um in yeah pink and blue sparkle i imagine both well obviously I'm both sure Matt's shop and my really shop have been offered person. them I'm sure there's just some really evil person who knows he listens to this podcast. Just like I'm, just going to keep building these guitars. Knows exactly what Matt Knight's after. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. But yeah, uh, was it um, just just under the a pound under the five grand mark? I think uh, for either ones because it is part of, but yeah. it's part of the true historic. But you're talking about but, something that's going to be around. Oh man, fifty fours are so cool. Fifty fours in wrap around in pink Absolutely. That classic, that classic, uh, the, the true historic, that classic 54 finish, pink sparkle. <laughs> but, and, and, and actually the pink sparkle is plateless as well, whereas the, uh, oh, whereas the blue God. one comes with a black plate. That, that, sounds, sounds, that, that sounds, sounds really good. That sounds amazing. Really good. Yeah. Um, Joe Branson, apart from lusting over custom shop Les Pauls, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, obviously, uh, seeing Matt, but, uh, other than, other than the amazing Lou Reed drones, um, I got a Mel 9. A what? Uh, an oh, Electro Harmonics Mel 9. I, I saw that photo a minute ago because I was bored of the previous conversation. <laughs> Good. So I was just flicking through Facebook. All right, yeah, yeah. There, there, um, there it So was. why have you bought a Mel 9? Um, because uh, it's it's because I'm in a prog band mate and it's a Mellotron <laughs> it's a Mellotron simulator okay that sounds pretty good um, yeah absolutely amazing. are you but you're not playing it surely your guitarist well I mean it. you know I uh, I uh, I got two one for him one for me did you um, actually <laughs> yeah I did yeah um, so it doesn't really track on bass <laughs> no I didn't think it would but, but that's okay I'm going to keep it for me for home hasn't, hasn't that one got steel drums on it or is it the other one what no it's, it's got Mellotron sounds on it you buffoon it's, uh, <laughs> no, it, they, they did yeah but one of them I think it, maybe it's the Keynine Keynine's got steel key drums nine. I mean that's the Keynine is when they were they were running out of ideas by that because you had the B9 the C9 the Keynine was the third one which was just desperate and, and now they finally thought of something new What's next? What do we think the next synth nine? Maybe, but but come on, it's a Mellotron, a Mellotron in pedal form. And incidentally, uh, the the Mel Nine has been um, on on paper, certainly for my company, the most popular pedal uh, of uh, of this year and possibly already of last year. We've sold in excess in excess of two hundred and fifty. The what? what? The Mel Nine. The Mel Nine. That, wow. That's why it was announced long you'll ago see, you'll and see 230 of those on ebay in about two months time. <laughs> yeah. this is the this is the risk isn't it i think it is um a very difficult pedal to use as i am fully I think, aware i of. think what you, what you should be doing joe is do you like do you how controllable is it like how how often do you where do you put it in so with in your guitarist's rig mm-hmm. is it going is it in the front end so does it split off so just a backtrack slightly in Joe's band the guitarist uses two amps and some pedals go through both amps and some pedals only go through one or the other right yeah, yeah. is the is the Mel 9 going to be going through both amps or will it split because like it would just it's be quite one. an overpowering sound you'd use it? it like an octaver well, um, see, so it, because that's essentially what that this is see if I was you and you are, you know you want to use you want to utilise it you should get like get a random tone generator and you should have like <laughs> Just have it going on so that it like and that, like set the tempo on the random tone generator to roughly the tempo of your song and just have it low in the mix going over the background. 
But you can't yeah. set, set it in every now. You and can't again. set the key on a random time generator, though, no, can you? Because it will be playing no, like yeah, random, so literally think, random stuff. I think really what what Tim has in mind is he also got one of those electro harmonics uh, Leslie simulators. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think re- it re- I mean, our last record has a lot of Mellotron, actual Mellotron going through a Leslie. Yeah, did so, you hire one? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. So uh, that's that's, uh, and there's a there's a Leslie speaker at Brighton Electric where we. Uh, oh, is it where okay. we where we record? So, I think the idea is to simulate a lot of those parts. But but yeah, I mean I, I mean come on, if you were in like a prog band or even even just like sort of a vintage sounding band like that, um, electro harmonics releasing the the Leslie simulator and the Mel Nine. This is a really interesting thing. And the thing about these pedals, certainly with the Mel, Mel Nine, the B Nine, the C Nine, the Key Nine, because of the way they track whilst they they are marketed as a guitar pedal actually that's probably the hardest instrument to get it to track on because of course they don't respond very well to yeah bending and things it's like got that. to pick out the pitch and things yeah, like that exactly. whereas a, a keyboard is a bit more defined so plug it into um you know a simple little synthesizer like a, on a really basic sound cut all of the direct signal and boost all of the the blend yeah. and you've got yourself a really convincing I mean, but we, we said that about the B9 as well yeah, like yeah. if you just like plug, like you could plug a Casio keyboard into yeah um, well, this is it. into one of those but B9s. get a Casio keyboard um, a Mel 9 and one of the Leslie simulators and for, for well I mean I guess the, the Leslie and the Mel 9 are what? in excess of £160 each but nonetheless that's still less than the £3,000 it will cost you for a Mellotron yeah. and the five grand it will cost you for a Leslie speaker Leslie oh, five grand I, I don't know money. they're a lot of money these well, days yeah, they're not I think um, didn't the company that actually originally make Mellotron now make a digital version do they I, d- I didn't know yeah I think it's called the no, this might sound ridiculous. I think it's called the Melnotron, and it's a basically a it's like a MIDI controller, but it's, it's like a yeah, like a hardware keyboard that basically uh, it samples all of the original Melotron sounds, including how long the tapes last on all the keys. Really? Like so like you've got l- <clears throat> limited? Oh, I see what you mean. Like how many cycles are on the tape? Type yeah, thing. because that's. Well, no, because obviously what happens on an original Melotron is it's full of like it's full of like two hundred tapes. So, and the tapes are actual recordings of instruments. So when you press the key, it plays the tape, but the tape will eventually get to the end. Yeah. And you can only reset the tape by letting go of the key. And I think the digital ones do a, a similar oh, thing. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah, that's why, like, you can't sustain notes for, like, really long periods of time. So you have to let go of the key to reset the tape. They're, um... But that's why they're so expensive because they're almost impossible to maintain because you can't. I think there's some people out there making like reproduction tapes. Yeah, they're but... um, they're like they're they're so expensive to service um, because you. Sorry, the, the, are you two done opening those beers? <laughs> yeah, yeah just about yeah. Um, they're so expensive to service because you basically have to take them out and like work on each tape individually. So yeah. you know, if a tape breaks or there's part of the tape that is like you know malfunctioning you have to take all of the tapes out of it and sort the tapes out individually it's um Is that yeah, like it's a long old process when uh like on december the 22nd when your uh, christmas lights go out on your tree you've got to find you've got to each... find the one that's not working no because you should know so we've talked about this before but the way the mellotron works is it speeds the tape up and down depending on what key you're pressing so to play 
in yeah. that in a yeah, 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 yeah. play that note. Um, and so as long as you like, if you know that the flute sound is broken, it's the flute tape. But like, if you're doing a full uh, service of a Mellotron, um, right? Yeah. Gotcha. It's, there's a really good documentary, and I don't know. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. I think it's called "In the Air Tonight." Um, it's about Paul McCartney recording that Flaming Pie album, um, which is a great album. He talks about his Mellotron on there, and he like play. It's the I think it's the Strawberry Fields one. Um, so the one that's you know the most famous use of the Mellotron probably at the beginning of Strawberry Fields. Um, he plays some stuff on that. And what I d- didn't realise about the Mellotron is some of the tapes are actually drum loops because it was initially made for people doing, like, variety shows to have, like, acts that singers could, like, come and sing over. Right. So as well as you having, like, the instruments on there, so you could, um, let's say with your right hand, I think you can select, like, flutes, so you can play your flute melody. Yeah. I think you can have the bottom half of the keyboard as triggering, like, bossa nova drum loop. Right. Um, but it's it doesn't sound like an old drum machine, you know, that kind of clicky, kind of poppy, like analog drum machine type sound, because they're like actual recording of bands, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on these yeah. on these tape loops. Um, yeah, go and seek out that Paul McCartney documentary. It's really I was, good. Um, I was just actually having a look. I thought I'd quickly Google Mellotron to see what come up. The people who own Mellotron dot com actually still make a Mellotron. They make a Analog me- uh, Mellotron. How much? Uh, is six thousand? No, sorry, that's just for yeah, seven thousand one hundred dollars. Okay. Or seven thousand nine hundred dollars if you want it in hardwood, or if you want it in plexi, so you can see through it, eleven thousand four hundred dollars. Oh my god, I would. Pay uh, and I was just on eBay. There's none on eBay, but just in case you've got a vintage one and you're like, ah. Oh, the tapes have gone. You can buy a whole reel of original Mellotron BBC tapes for £1,150. Wow. Sounds is about it, right. Isn't it a shame that an instrument that was so unique and, and sounds so incredible and really defined like, more than a genre has become so exclusive? Like it, it should be the sort of thing that's become accessible. Um, it's, it's, it's just a shame like that, and, and I think it speaks volumes that the Mel 9 has been such a successful pedal it's been such a successful pedal because people are starved for that instrument and evidently all the proggers came out of the woodwork to, to, to buy it it's weird though because most people would have probably well yeah most people would have probably never never used one and it's kind of like yeah, but anyone yeah, who's like say, anyone who's even come across sound, a King Crimson record and, and wanted to replicate some of that would know want a male nine and i think for 160 quid or whatever they are then the other interesting fact that comes out of that paul mccartney documentary is when they were doing a shift to a lot of like digital effects and stuff in the uh i guess 80s um and they're getting a load of synthesizer stuff stuff in abbey road he basically went and bought everything because they were doing like a clearance sale on all their like vintage gear and at the time you know, everyone was like, why are you buying this old tat? Like, why would you want a Mellotron when we've got, like, samplers and stuff? And he was like, no, I'll probably take that. I'll probably take the, the Mellotron that was uh, the intro to um, Strawberry Fields for 
not a lot of money. I'll probably have that one in my house. And they were like, yeah, whatever. I, um, Just take it, old man. We've got synths. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so now his studios are basically like all the, like he's got the old, some of the old desks and stuff out of every road. Amazing. So, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> really good. Go and check that out. There's also a cool story on there, and this might be of interest to you. He owns um, Bill Black's bass. Uh, Bill Black was Elvis Presley's bass player right. in the initial incarnation of Elvis's band, I think. And um, it's that one you see it in, like, I think it's the Jailhouse Rock video, or maybe it's Heartbreak Hotel, a famous Elvis video that's, like, all black with the white pinstriped edge. It's, like, really iconic bass. Uh-huh. And um, he plays that on this documentary, and it's, like, that bass has got a proper sound, like that you just wouldn't be able to replicate. That Sounds really, like, so percussive 50s sort of Totally, sound, yeah. totally. Real clicky, but also, like, real, really, like, rich sounding. Amazing. Yeah, I need to watch this documentary. It's, it's um, an I, audio documentary, but I think it's on YouTube somewhere. I was going to say, I thought it was really interesting, actually, because on the Facebook group, someone put up a picture of the Beatles uh, playing on the rooftop and how, like, stripped back their setup was, and you were saying that basically everyone but Paul McCartney hated it because yeah. uh, they they were, they were wanted to use modern technology, and Paul McCartney was like, nah, just screw all that, just plug a guitar into an amp. I think, so what happened there was they'd obviously come off the back of recording, like, Sgt. Peppers and, like, Magical Mystery Tour and, to some extent, uh, White Album, where they're all, like, separate and recording all their bits and, it, like, being the kind of Boy Scout, ever-positive Boy Scout that he is, he was like, look... We've all had a bit of a falling out, but what will definitely sort this is that we need. To, what we need to do is get out of Abbey Road and go and all sit and like just record this album where we don't use any overdubs and we just record it like back in the old days, boys. What we'll do is we'll go to. Uh, it's like it's not Pinewood, but it's like a similar studio, like an aircraft hangar. It's like we'll film it. It'll be so good. It'll be like back in the day, just jamming me and the boys. And they all hate each other at this point. And there's literally a bit where they're like, this is all filmed for the, let. Uh, it's either called Let, no, it's called, yeah, Let Be, the film. Um, and there's a bit where a song breaks down and George is at Paul saying like, oh, can you just play it like this? And George is basically is the ultimate passive aggressive. And he's like, yeah, just, you know, just tell me how to play it and I'll, I'll just play it like that. And it, it just looks horrible. Like there should be... They should be in Abbey Road, like in a warm studio. And they like, and they only been mates for, and they only been a band for like six years at yeah, this point. Or something. So that's like nineteen sixty nine. So and the first album's sixty three. So like, so. like. But you've also got to think by that point, sixty nine, they hadn't actually like played as a band for like two or three years because most of their recordings were all done in stages as well. So when I think when they went to. Do, you know, yeah, let it be, and they were playing live. They were like, "Oh, we don't really know how to play as a live band anymore because yeah, yeah. we've not played, we've not recorded a track as a band for years." Definitely, and some really so good weird. points came up in that in that thread. Actually, um, someone was saying, and you know, there's a valid point. Like, you don't necessarily need a load of pedals to be a good guitarist or bigger band. I don't think that was like out of choice for the Beatles obviously in 1969 when you think what pedals had actually come out you know a couple of fuzzes a wah that's about it really and a Watkins copycat yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Some, like, but you know no one was making like delay pedals or anything like that so um, I'm sure the Beatles probably would have used that sort of stuff um, you well, know they, they were at cutting edge I mean you know they, they moved to 
Marshall as soon as they could and you know they, they, they were trying to do everything they could to stay yeah but they and weren't a vintage band really were they despite their gear they were always trying to play the latest thing and, and it's funny you do, like that's one of the things that is a recurring theme I think whenever you think of a band of like that people think of as like you know quite often you think of someone like uh, The Who and it's like oh yeah The Who real like classic like rock and roll band it's like the who were investing in like the who invested in like imax that's like the reason that imax came about was because of the who like they is were, that uh, true yeah really okay maybe not solely them but cool. like they they like invested a lot of money in imax and like they were constantly pushing money into into new tech i mean entwistle did have a signature dean with spider webs on yeah it. nice well and i was also going to say the ultimate to finish this beatles conversation the ultimate example of that is going to record free as a bird Paul, do you want to bring the Hoffman oh, along? I love this no, story. No, 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 I'll leave it. What I'll bring is the active five-string wow. Really get that vintage vibe going when we're recording. I love that. You, you said the, this before, the way yeah. like they all turned up and, you know, George was there with his Rosewood telly yeah. to sort of bring back those vibes. Don't, I'm not sure it is the Rosewood no, telly, I know, but, but like an old... Sort of thing. <laughs> John Lennon was dead at this point. Yeah. So, oh, okay, right. Um, John Lennon's bringing the nostalgia feels. Yeah, yeah. Right, um, okay. and uh, yeah, the old five-string. Wow. Amazing. So, so they've got this this found footage of of a John Lennon vocal that they're going to put a song to and release a right, Beatles okay, song, that, okay. an after-death Beatles song. This is massive. This is the Beatles getting a, an after-death lease of life where they can put something for to John Lennon's lyrics which have been found after he's dead and this will last for all of time and Paul McCartney turned up with a five string yes active I mean, wow pretty pretty sweet um, the other thing about that session is that um, George Martin uh, opted not to produce it uh, because he said oh, I'm a bit old and my, my ears are ears are getting bad and uh there's some theories. You go and look at this up on the internet about why he didn't do it because his ears is definitely it, is weren't. Is it because Paul McCartney actually died in 1966? No, it's not that. <laughs> go, go and look it up. Um, but uh, yeah, there's some there's some theories about that. His ears were obviously good enough to re, you know remaster the entire Beatles back catalogue for the anthology that year. But uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't do the recording sessions. Um, yeah. Maybe it's that he didn't like one of them very much and didn't want to spend that long in a room with them doing the recording. I'll leave you to speculate which one. Okay. There we go. Clearly George. Well, the best one. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but then also, you know, recorded best song of all time. What was that? Got my mindset on you. I think with that, maybe we should call it an evening. Maybe Jay Cross. Oh, wow, have we blitzed no, no, her an hour? No, 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 we haven't. Yeah, we've almost done an hour. Let's do okay. Let's do one bit of news. Actually, let's give them a little oh, wow. cheeky news. bit of bonus news. I haven't even got there yet. I know nudes. Okay, so one big bit of news this week. Um, Source Audio have released the LA Lady Overdrive, the Kingmaker Fuzz, and the Aftershock Bass Distortion. But Matt, this is a bigger announcement than it sounds. Matt Knight, tell us about them. Yeah, well, yeah. The reason I think this is very cool um, because I think by the names of the pedals you can kind of guess the sort of sound that you're going to get out of them and i think the biggest feature is the fact that they are all like midi controllable drives 
and they can all be edited in a similar way to TC can be edited via time print um, because they have the source audio neuro technology built in, um, <clears throat> which basically allows you to plug your phone in via headphone jack into the second input on the pedal and then you can edit all the sounds and save 128 presets, which then can be recalled later on. So this is, this, yeah, this, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, I only checked the Aftershock bass distortion out, but the Aftershock bass distortion features standard controls, really, for a distortion. A It features a clean and a, a drive and then a couple of EQ settings, I think. And, uh, oh, no, it can't, it's not EQ settings. I think it's maybe an overall tone and something else, but... Um, it has a toggle switch to switch between like fuzz, vintage, and a modern sound. Um, but the plugging it in allows you to alter the EQ, so you can actually treat the EQ in a banded form rather than just having an overall tone control, and you can then preset that to the pedal. And if that wasn't enough, you don't just have to have the three drive channels that it has built into the pedal. You have access, whilst it's called a a fuzz or a distortion rather you have access to fuzz distortion and overdrive patches all available on the um on the uh, the software package that source audio released so so, so it's source audio sort of tackling the uh tone print market well, yeah mean, but yeah I, I, they don't shy away from tech do they source no, audio no, if you look at their previous at stuff they've done those kind of bulky like plastic pedals yeah, that are really like weird snes controllers yeah have a lot of like filtering and they did that whatever it was called the uh the hot hand the hot hand which yeah. is the kind of like uh, motion sensor control didn't for the they pedals. also do the controllerless graphic eq they've got a midi they have a midi controllable eq so you can have like three sets of like eq but they, yeah, have, they right. have like some weird filter pedals and stuff like that yeah and they've got like a dual expression pedal and the expression pedal can do like loads of different things at once but yeah you basically you use something called the neuro hub and it's just midi in and midi out and it's got five control ports and you plug it into five pedals and it can basically send out you can basically use your phone to create like scenes of pedals which so if you imagine five pedals all with 128 presets where you can change the signal routing on every one and then you can use a midi controller to switch between presets i think that's quite cool and because they're drives they've got stereo in and stereo out because of this technology which means that you can change the way the signal splits so you can all of the drives for example have like dry out and like affected out or you can mix the signal in different ways which i think is quite cool it makes it like i think the thing is is so many people go oh well haven't we done oh well we haven't made a fuzz what should we stick on it oh we'll put an octave on it and it's like well you know how can you take it to something that's going to be more compatible with like more modern pedal boards and MIDI is obviously like a big thing at the moment so I think that's quite cool that they've sort of managed to fit that in there yeah I think it's great I mean we haven't heard them so provided they sound good I think on paper these are actually really great pedals they look good as well they've gone for a sort of vintage boutique look they have I think they're a yeah. nice and it's in purple so it is Kingmaker Fuzz it's purple, it is in so purple they're orange not... for the bass one which is also pretty cool metallic orange yeah Bass pedals, people normally go for black, don't they, for some reason. Yeah. They always seem to go more muted. Um, it's a bit of an afterthought, isn't it? Oh, God, we've got to make a bass pedal. I'll Ugh. just uh, make it just no. Just don't put a finish on it. It's black, that's done. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see how they turn out. I think they're a nice compromise between the new tech, as Matt was saying, and some kind of more basic effects. I've always really wanted to like Source Audio, but 
do I really need a motion controlled filter pedal? Well, they're also really weird sizes, they're all pedals. Yeah. I couldn't see them actually fitting on a board. This feels to me like a, a real step forward. This is intelligent tech. They look boutique and vintage. Yeah. Uh, and they've started to actually think, not only that, they've started to be like, right, okay, we actually need to sell these yeah. while yeah. people but, buying them. And they're good prices as well, by the looks of it. I think these are actually Yeah, they're Chinese sensible. made, I think, aren't they? Right. Yeah, this this could potentially be the birth of Source Audio being a, a contender, I think. They're, they're, one of those, they're one of those companies that's always just sort of like bubbled under the surface because like... Source Audio, it's not a very cool name, is it? You know, it's not like Strymon or Zvex. You know, it's not harmonics. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't like. It, uh, hello, then I bought a Source, source audio, audio pedal. Like, it's not. It's not. It doesn't scream cool at you. And like, with it all sounds of these, like studio gear, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And with all of you know, I, I think the big thing is is as you as you say, Joe. Like the the sort of aesthetics and the the logistics of trying to get it onto a pedal board. Is something that is, you know, it is a relatively like new uh, concern that uh, manufacturers are having to deal with nowadays. You know, it's why like weird fuzzes, you know, of like ten years ago aren't hugely popular because like those big boxes people just don't want anymore. You know, and yeah, make, a, make is, a big box effects at at your peril. At yeah, moment. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you know why so many of the like more boutiquey companies are uh, putting the top mounted jacks just because it's more convenient and you can get my you know people like that stuff and it's it's really cool. I, I like Source Audio. I think they're a very very cool company and it would be. I'm always rooting for the underdog. Yeah. Like, I, oh, it would be. I agree. It would be great if these effects are good. On paper, yeah. they're great. Well, I, my only slight concern with this is that do you remember maybe like. 18 months ago or so maybe two years ago we had a very similar conversation about zoom do you remember when zoom brought out like they they brought out though the ms yeah uh, yeah, yeah the ms70 cdr yeah yeah and they brought out a couple of like cool pedals and it's like oh wow and then they brought out the there was the h6 which we really liked and we're still using still using, yeah, the still using it and uh and like they revamped all of their multi-effects and it's like oh man this is a rebirth of zoom and then that's it yeah, they haven't done anything. Nothing, for a while, nothing so. came of it, and it's you know it'd be cool if it'd be cool if Source Audio mounted a challenge. Yes, indeed. With that, I think we're going to call uh, an end to the show. We're going to go over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds and do another half an hour of questions. Um, we do that every week. Um, if you want to get involved in that and get an extra half an hour of uh, guitar nerds content every week, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. For as little as $5 a month, you can get this uh, our extra weekly episode. That's not and much f- money. It's not much money. You're right. Um, and $10 a month gets you uh, onto our executive list. At the moment, is full so keep an eye on it a new spot may open up um these people have done so um do you want to read them out joe i will good let's do it andrew marco brad page mark cross mark rice rob pierce jd short david carroll andy mckenzie eric siri paul corrigan jack godfrey jack conroy will claire scott o'brien Matt Quine, Fletch Fletcher, Phil Thompson, Laurie Anstis, Moo Kravitz, Colin Anderson. Guitar Nerds for all your ASMR needs. That's what you need. You can uh, you see can more. Listen to it whenever you want. Uh, 
that's creepy. You can see more Guitar Nerds content at guitarnerds.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds, Instagram at Guitar Nerds, Periscope at Guitar Nerds. You can go over to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos, or you can follow us all individually at Mark underscore random, at Matt underscore Nightsy, at JAYBM1, and at Joseph underscore 900. Creepy. Very creepy indeed. Thanks for listening this week. Bit of a weird podcast, but I'm feeling the vibes. I think the Patreon episode is going to be even more vibed. Ooh. It's going to be right vibed up. Oh. See, you ne- see you next yeah. week. Bye, gang. Farewell. Bye. See you later. Make sure you uh, check out the Patreon if you can and travel safely if you're traveling to work or hey, if you're at home, sit back, relax, maybe pour yourself a beer or a wine and uh, enjoy listening to us talk about guitars because you know and I know that guitars are an important thing. Mm, yeah. So creepy. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.